It is Monday, the 9th of December, and this is the Monocle Minute. Today, has television interview lost its power? Plus Austin's trial of banning cars from one of its main streets, Argentina's new president, and how a new Pulitzer Prize category proves that this is the golden era for radio. I am Marcus Hippie in London. The Monocle Minute starts now. British television viewers witnessed some days ago broadcast to Andrew Neil's extraordinary rebuke of Prime Minister Boris Johnson for failing to take part in a TV interview. Neil delivered that speech directly to the camera, challenging Johnson to face a prime-time one-on-one interview about his suitability for the highest office in the country. It was an unusual moment for the BBC. But if Johnson fails to agree to that interview... He will be the first Prime Minister in the history of the BBC's political coverage to refuse an interview. So what exactly is happening now? Has television interview lost its power? Quentin Pelis, an associate fellow of the Europe programme at Chatham House and formerly of the Financial Times. It was an extraordinary moment. It's gone viral around the internet. And uh, Andrew Neil, you've got to hand it to him. He does this sort of thing pretty well. Mm. If he wasn't going to get Johnson in the chair, he was going to sort of grill him without a chair. So I think that they have... I think it's a... It's damaging to Johnson to be seen to be running away from an interview, but I don't think it's damaging enough to really undermine him because his opponent, his main opponent, Jeremy Corbyn, who got massacred by Andrew Neil the other day, uh, is running away behind him. After all, we saw one of the most amazing TV interviews not very long ago when Emily Maitlis interviewed Prince Andrew in Buckingham Palace. And again, it was just a human moment of meltdown. Mm. So I don't think, actually, the TV interview has gone out of fashion. I think it's these rather boring, predictable, on-message debates between politicians lining up in a panel or something like that. That actually is a real turn-off. Don't you think it's really worrying that we are getting more and more into just our bubbles Mm. of, you know, like-think, so that politicians only talking to people who are going to be nice to them and they are probably only broadcasting and only going to be watched by people who already agree with them. And then we get actually the wider picture where we are deeply embattled between these uh, redoubts, between these sort of psychological castles that we've built, and we don't understand each other anymore. I think it's outrageous that Johnson thinks he can get away with this stuff. The entire Conservative election campaign is being managed in an incredibly dishonest way, I think, probably, where they're actually not... They've not put out a a manifesto that actually adds up to any serious policies because they know that they're just going to get there with the sort of reality TV personality of Boris Johnson Mm. and one slogan, get Brexit done. That's all there is to it. There's no substance. I think it's very dishonest. Let's then continue to Austin, where cars were banned from one of its main streets at the weekend. Rainy Street, one of the Texan capital's famous nightlife thoroughfares, was transformed into a pedestrian promenade, giving more room to the pedestrians frequenting its bars and restaurants. Monaco's Nick Moniz has been following the story. Nick, can you tell us more about the closure and why it's been introduced? 
Yeah, so, so we're talking about Rainy Street, uh, which is part of the Rainy Street Historic District, uh, just off, off the edge of downtown Austin. It's a really beautiful street filled with bars. They're old bungalows that have been transformed into you know a host of different restaurants and drinking spots. But at the same time, there's been a lot of high-rise uh, development and, and the density is increasing in that area. And the result has been obviously more pedestrians, but also more locals on the streets. And it, it's basically come to a head where there are so many people on the streets on a weekend night that, that cars can't move through, that people can't cross the road safely. So the City Hall has decided that they're going to run a four-month-long trial. So Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays from 9pm until 2.30am, they're going to be closed uh, to traffic. The idea of closing streets to cars is always controversial. What are some of the concerns residents have been voicing this time? I mean, there's obviously immediate frustrations in terms of like, how am I going to get to my house? And and, and given it's only a closure on the evening and there's access on all other you know streets surrounding it, I, I don't think it's going to be a major issue. But where I think there are some valid concerns is is that they're saying that basically they feel like the city has been neglecting this area in, in terms of the sidewalks at, uh, in disrepair in some areas and, and there aren't any pedestrian crossings. So I guess their concern is that why aren't you making these changes first before actually looking at a road closure? Because those sorts of changes obviously stretched throughout the week. You know, not having a pedestrian crossing is going to hurt you on a Tuesday afternoon when, you know, Tuesday day peak hour when people are trying to get across the road rather than just on a weekend evening. And I think there is some validity in that. But I guess City Hall have come back and said, you know, it is a long and ongoing process and they have been investing in the area. Monocles and Nick Moniz, thank you very much. Let's then continue to South America where One Nation is about to get a new president. Argentina will ring in the changes tomorrow as the South American nation swears in a new president. After one term, it's out with the business-friendly former mayor of Buenos Aires, Mauricio Macri, punishment for failing to halt the country's rampant inflation and asking the International Monetary Fund, an organization that still steers rancor after the 2001-2002 default, for another historic loan. In comes the leftist, Peronist duo of Alberto Fernandes and his deputy, Cristina Fernandes de Kirchner, the populist and decisive former leader who has faced a swathe of legal battles over corruption allegations. As has become the norm, all eyes are on the poison chalice of the economy minister, whose first order of business will be to stabilize the embattled peso and create a bit of economic optimism in the process. And finally, a view from Monocle's editorial floor. A new Pulitzer Prize category proves that we are living in a golden era of audio. For over a century, the Pulitzer Prize has celebrated the great and good in the liberal arts. It awards music, literature, poetry and photography, but the Pulitzer's real meat and potatoes has always been journalism. That it's an American prize is entirely appropriate. It's the Americans, after all, who took a low-brow medium and made it high. Sure, the boozy lunches of Fleet Street, foreign wars, hungry hacks and Chesterfields have a beguiling glamour, but it took the Americans to make the business of reporting not just sexy, but literature. This process of embetterment, to use an Americanism, represents the country's relationship with media generally. In the absence of any particular historical tradition, the US has enthusiastically made the best out of whatever medium crosses its path, regardless of how vulgar it may seem to the snoots. The Pulitzer reflects this. Not only has it spent a century celebrating the best in American journalism, It has adapted with the times. 
Now it's brought a new discipline into the fold. The board has announced that it will be awarding a prize for the best in audio reporting. Once more, the US has blazed a trail in turning real life into compelling stories for an atrophying medium. But before we get too carried away, it's worth remembering that just as television didn't begin with Netflix and House of Cards, the show first appeared on British screens in 1990, albeit without Kevin Spacey, audio didn't begin with NPR's serial. Radio, as our older readers will remember, is what we used to call podcasts, and it's very much alive and kicking. So chin-chin to the Pulitzer's new prize, and congrats to its future winners. But let's take a moment to remember the rich and ongoing tradition that is radio, and tune in while we're about it. You already know where to go. Monocle.com slash radio. And that's all in today's programme. You can read and subscribe to our daily email bulletin at our website, monocle.com. I am Markus Hippi. The Monocle Minute returns on Tuesday.